Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions presents the DFS Lineup Lock Hour, sponsored by DailyRoto.com. All right, let's roll. DFS, DFS. We did uh, we did pretty well last night, uh, actually. And in fact, uh, we won you money if you played our NFL showdown um, team uh, last night. Uh, pretty pretty successful actually last night. Uh, we did we did pretty well. Uh, we we did. Uh, what do we hit? Uh, we only got forty one points. <laughs> We only got 41 points in the NFL showdown last night. Um, but there was 8,917 people in the um, in the tournament. I finished in 1,820th place. Uh, but the uh, the top uh, 2,192 positions paid. We gave you Tyler Bray uh, last night. Tyler Bray was uh, not bad. Uh, got 15, uh, 15 fantasy points. Gus Edwards, only owned by 7%. Now he got a 6.8 points. I was hoping for a little bit more. Um, I, you know, one of the um, the plays I'm pretty proud of, if you remember, I told you last night that uh, Tanner Gentry caught a touchdown pass in the in the preseason opener last year. And uh, he caught a touchdown pass last night, 10.9 uh, DK points. He was only owned by 5.6% of the people. Uh, Mizell was a, was a disappointment last night. He was owned by 26%, including me. He only got 1.5 fantasy points. Ryan Nall sucked, 2.8 points. And then Tim White, 4 points. And we still finished in the money. That's the whole thing with these preseason games. They're so low scoring, a lot of them, that you don't really need to score that many points. Now, we, all, we also killed it last night in the CFL. But it really sucks, man, that they didn't have a... Um, they didn't have a single-game showdown last night because we really, really would have murdered it last night. So we come into a nice situation here tonight in the in the CFL. Uh, we come in, we're in 30th place. There's 594 teams. We're in 30th place, but truth be told, I only have two more two more sides here, so I'm going to fall in the standings, to be honest. But uh, how about, you know, I want to, I got to pat myself on the back a little bit here, guys. Nobody, nobody was taking Bethel Thompson last night, all right? Nobody wanted any piece of him. Both me and Cam both said, you know what? He's cheap. I do sincerely believe that the Argos do have some good skill position players um, that uh, he should be able to put up some points. And, man, he racked up 35 DraftKings points last night. Four touchdown passes, 302 yards, 54 rush yards. Threw, we got the bonus for throwing for over 300 yards. Uh, you know, we did well last night. Deron Carter was cheap, 15 fantasy points. Uh, Brad Sinopoli we gave you. He was owned by 22% of the people, 21.9 points. Terrell Walker lit it up, 30.4 points. So coming into tonight, I got Terrell Sutton and I got the Montreal Alouettes. We'll put together a, uh, a CFL showdown tonight. I mean, 
Everybody's going to own Johnny Manziel here this evening. <laughs> Let's just get into this right now. Why not? Let's have some fun with this. All right. Um, I have too much in my account. I got to try to load up here again. I'll have time. All right, I'll have time, but I'll still get into this contest here. Okay, so they have it's all utility here. So the DraftKings CFL is interesting. It's all like utility. So, so when I say it's all utility, basically you don't have to. Um, you, know, you can take two quarterbacks. You can take both defenses and special teams. You can take whatever you want. And there's different ways to approach this, right? No one's really an expert on this format. You know, it's CFL. It just started. They haven't done this for the NFL where everybody's utility. Like last night, you know, you had to take, um, you know, you had to take a quarterback. You had to take a running back, wide receiver, flex, etc. In the CFL, they just have utility. So you've got five players. You take five players, not six. You're taking five players. You get $50,000. Now, the problem is the quarterbacks are so freaking expensive. Now, I did this before, and I was successful. Now, I don't, I'm not saying this is, you know, the sure, the sure way to do it, but I was successful in taking both quarterbacks. You know, you take, cause you're getting both quarterbacks, but the problem is you don't have any money left over right now. And I actually think there's going to be points in this football game tonight. You know, so look, you could take both quarterbacks, the Montreal Alouette defense and and the Hamilton defense and then squeeze somebody in. But I don't know. I, I don't know if that's the best way to go here. We got lucky with that. I think that's a good way to go if you think it's going to be a low-scoring football game. And, you know, we caught lightning in a bottle once when we did this, when we took the defenses. And you remember we did it, and there was a bunch of pick sixes and stuff, and we won. But, you know, this this is tough. And Johnny Manziel hasn't played, but he should be able to put up some fantasy numbers. The problem is he isn't cheap. And even though Jeremiah Masoli, Masoli is a classic example, the quarterback of the Hamilton Tiger Cats, former uh, Duck, and he transferred to uh, to Mississippi, if you remember. Uh, the problem with Masoli is Masoli is a classic example of somebody being a better fantasy quarterback than reality quarterback. He almost reminds me of Tyrod Taylor, actually. And I'm actually a Tyrod fan. I'm a Buffalo Bill fan. And I was I was not one of the Tyrod haters in Bill's uh, mafia land. But, uh, the, you know, the fact of the matter is Tyrod Taylor is a pretty good fantasy quarterback. But is he good reality? Not really. You know, he's okay. He runs around. He makes plays. So that's the thing with Masoli. You look at Masoli's stats and you're like, man, he had a pretty good game. But then you look, it's like, well, they didn't punch the ball in the end zone when they were in the red zone, and they didn't win the game. Like, it's it's one of those deals. You know, he's good. He's not great, but he's a pretty good fantasy player. Thing is, Johnny Manziel is cheaper. Johnny Manziel is going to play the whole game. Johnny Manziel is going to be running around a bit, so he brings some variables to the table here. Now, I'm going to let you in on a little bit of a tip, and this is uh, why, you know, you tune into the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Uh, TJ Graham. Uh, T.J. Graham uh, has been on uh, injured reserve uh, this year. He hasn't played a single game, okay? Yeah, he hasn't played a single game uh, for the Montreal Alouettes. He's been on injured reserve. He's been practicing uh, with them. Uh, but uh, the Montreal Alouettes traded a wide receiver, if you recall, to the Hamilton Tiger Cats to get Johnny Manziel. 
And then they acquired a Darius Bowman. Uh, Darius Bowman, man, remember him from uh, Oklahoma State? He used to be a monster. He's really ripped. He looks like David Boston did. Remember, he's got big arms. He's big, tall, you know, big dude. Uh, you know, sort of an athletic freak, but he's older now. And he really wasn't doing anything with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. That's why they, the Bombers told the Alouettes, if you want him, you know, we'll basically give him to you for next to nothing. Uh, so uh, Darius Bowman never reported to Montreal. I don't know. He had a personal issue to deal with or whatnot. And he only got there on Monday. So the Alouettes, you know, are a little bit thin at wide receiver right now. It's a little bit of a concern coming to the game, to be honest with you. And then especially considering that uh, they don't have Chris Harper. Now, we gave you Chris Harper last week. We talked about this Chris Harper dude. Now, listen, Chris Harper isn't great or anything, but the fact of the matter is, you know, he was a starting wide receiver and he was cheap last week. Well, now Chris Harper is out. So the Montreal Alouettes are going to, um, they've activated and they're going to play T.J. Graham. And uh, why am I spending so much time on this? Because T.J. Graham is $2,500 on DraftKings, man. And you you guys got to understand, like in the showdown, in the showdown, like the prices are even more expensive. So him being at $2,500 right now, that's like $1,000 or something. You know, like to put it into context, like the quarterback Masoli is $18,700. Johnny Manziel is $16,700. So we're going to take Johnny Manziel. It almost gives us an opportunity to squeeze in both quarterbacks here by taking Graham. And, you know, I think we can pull this off, actually. Johnny Manziel, Jeremiah Masoli, TJ Graham. But the problem is a couple of these Hamilton wide receivers are going to put up decent numbers. And the problem is now we don't really have a whole hell of a lot of money left here. As much as I want to get both quarterbacks in, I can't do it. We could do it, but we're not going to win. You can't just do it for the sake of doing it. Like, you know, all right, let's say Masoli puts up 20, 25 DK points and Manziel puts up 20 points or something. That's only 45. It's, it's you know what I mean? We need the wide receivers. We're going to have to pick our poison. You know, we'll go with, uh, we'll go with Johnny Manziel. How the hell do we not take Johnny, boy? Although you know he's going to be owned by about 90, 99.99% <laughs> of the people playing DraftKings tonight are going to take Johnny Manziel. Now, Ben Kramer wasn't with us uh, this week. Uh, he's on vacation. Uh, you know, he was, in, uh, he was in the middle of nowhere in North Dakota in a van with the kids. Uh, but... Uh, he did send us his notes, and his article is up over at DailyRoto.com. And if you're looking, let's just—I just, just want to see for the wide receiver position uh, tonight in this game who he has the highest-rated uh, player here. Luke Tasker. I can live with that. Luke Tasker returns seventy-six hundred dollars. That's under the normal format. He's ten thousand six hundred in this. Luke Tasker is solid. I want to get Sutton in here. I tell you what, like Tyrell Sutton is probably the Montreal Alouette's best player. You know, like the Alouettes are not a very good team. It's hard to judge them because they've had really subpar quarterback play. But if you look at Sutton, you know what I mean? He's in the CFL, you got to understand, guys, running backs don't get the ball all that much. The thing with Manziel is he's going to be running around a lot. I don't know who the hell he's going to throw it to. I imagine he's going to dump it off to Sutton quite a bit. 
And Sutton's been catching a lot of passes out of the backfield this year. And in fact, there hasn't been one game in which uh, Tyrell Sutton has had less than three catches out of the backfield. Four catches last week against Edmonton, six against the Stampeders, three against the Red Blacks, four against the Riders. And Manziel's new to the offense, so you got to believe they've got a lot of quick, uh, quick dump-off hit-type stuff. Yeah, we're going to get Ty Sutton in here. Like, I trust Ty- Tyrell Sutton more than any of the Montreal wide receivers, really. You know, we're just putting TJ Graham in here because it's so cheap, and now it gives us some money to spend on the Hamilton Tiger Cat wide receivers. Just that uh, we're close. If we we can't get Banks in here, I think can we can we squeeze? Uh... No, all right. Tasker, you're in. Benny Cunningham, wide receiver, Montreal Alouettes. All right, let's take a shot. Here we go. We got it. Johnny Football. Johnny Football, $16,700. Tyrell Sutton, $10,300. So, obviously, there's no data with Johnny Manziel. He hasn't played it down. <laughs> Pretty crazy. You would have figured he would have got a couple of snaps before, actually, uh, with the Tiger Cat through all those weeks, but he never did. And he didn't get into the game last week. So, Johnny Manziel has, has never taken a CFL snap before. But he did play in the preseason. And he looked okay, actually, in the preseason. I expect Manziel to play pretty well this evening, to be honest. You know, it would be really special if the Alouettes were able to win this game. But I don't know, man. You look at last night and the Toronto Argonauts, you know, the Bethel Thompson kid came in. Well, kid, he's 30 years old. You know, the guy's been bouncing around various football leagues. He's on the Philadelphia Eagles and a practice roster and, you know, cut, cut, cut. Everywhere he goes, he gets cut. And, um, you know, 30 years old. Last night was his first ever professional football start. And uh, he throws four touchdown passes, and he ends up winning a 42-41 wild-ass football game, or 43-41, whatever, with the extra point. 43-41. Um, wild, wild game. So, I don't know, man. Johnny Manziel, can he do this? Thing is with Johnny, if he gets help from his teammates, he can do this. Like Johnny Manziel athletically is good enough to to win this football game tonight. You know, he can win this football game tonight. But as we talked about with Cam and we talked about with uh, with Babano, the Alouette defense needs to step up, man. And I'm not so sure they can. That's why I think the best bet of the game is the over. But I think Johnny Manziel can put some points up, and he's cheaper than, uh, than Masoli is. I don't know. It's probably a dumb move to take Manziel because everyone's going to have him. But like I said, he is cheaper. He's like $2,000 cheaper than uh, the Masoli. So uh, we're going to go with Johnny Football. Uh, I mentioned Tyrell Sutton. Tyrell Sutton's really, 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 really been, um, you know, he's been great for the Montreal Alouettes. The Alouettes are really having a tough time this year. They've only won one football game. But, uh, you know, they've had really, really bad quarterback play. Um, they've had a lot of injuries. They have no wide receivers. We can go on and on, etc. But uh, Tyrell Sutton's been one of the, the the one constant for these guys. You know, you know, he basically carries the football about ten times. You know, if you look at his numbers, you know, um, eleven carries, forty-one yards, but three receptions for fifty-four yards. Um, ten ten rushes and six receptions, sixteen touches. 
uh, seven seven rushing attempts and uh, four receptions in the last game. Eleven touches. He's at 18 DK points, 15 DK points, and 16 DK points. You know, pretty consistent. And now with Johnny Manziel, I think things will open up a little bit. I mean, you know, the problem is, too, like, would I rather have, like, Brandon Banks than Tyrell Sutton? Yes. But we can't afford him. So, you know, for the 10-3, and there's no one, everyone else in that price point, I guess, you you know, we could take uh, Terrence Tolliver, but Tyrell Sutton averages more DK points than Terrence Tolliver does. So I'm going to stick with this. It's sort of the mini Alouette stack. So we've got Johnny Manziel, the running back Tyrell Sutton, and uh, TJ Graham who's going to be starting in, uh, in one of the wide receiver spots for the Alouettes. He's dirt cheap right now. He's never played a C- He hasn't played either. <laughs> so I don't think anyone's going to own this guy. He's $2,500. Then we're going to go with Luke Tasker. Luke Tasker, $10,600. And finally, in closing, B.J. Cunningham, Montreal Alouette wide receiver. You know, he's put up some pretty decent numbers, actually, with some bad quarterbacks. When Johnny Manziel is running around and stuff and, you know, buying time, B.J. Cunningham's going to be the guy to get this catch after. And Tyrell Sutton will be the one catching out of the backfield. Johnny Manziel, Tyrell Sutton, TJ Graham. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. up for this uh, CFL game tonight. Johnny Manziel, ESPN 2, 7.30 Eastern. Hamilton Tiger Cats, Montreal Alouettes. Alouettes are getting seven points. Yeah, what I like, um, I'm taking the Alouettes on, on a teaser, so I'll have the Alouettes plus 14, and uh, we'll have the game to go over 43 and a half. I'm not opposed to taking a plus seven, but I feel a little bit more comfortable with the plus 14. And as I said, you know, the Alouettes defense is pretty bad, guys. That That's the problem here. You know, I've got Johnny Fever, too, but, you know, we can't just throw money away. And the game should go over the number. The Alouettes defense has had problems uh, with good uh, passing attacks. Should be so. I think it's going to be a game like last night. I do. I think we should have a game, you know, 30-25, you know, in, in that range, you know, 28-25. I think it gets into the mid-50s. And it's relatively close, actually. You know, the energy in that stadium tonight in Montreal is going to be off the hook. I wish I was going to be there, but I'll be there next weekend at a football game as my uh, dear departed friend Earl DeLaparel has uh, sent hundreds of uh, players to uh, NCAA football. Longtime football coach, uh, one of my mentors. 
um, passed away. You know, it sucks. He was in his 70s. You know, he passed away recently. And um, his team, the Sun Youth Hornets, their first football game without him. So a lot of his former players, including for a lot of former pro guys and stuff, are going to be at the game. And I don't, I don't care, man. I gotta, I'll pay. I'll get on a, a train, plane, automobile, whatever. i got to get there. So we'll be there next week for that. We're going to be in Vegas. I'm going to visit my mother in Vancouver for a couple of days. And then in September, boom, man, we'll be in the New York uh, studios throwing it down. We'll be uh, kicking it with uh, our main man, Carton, in the mornings. We're going to have a lot of cool stuff coming up here, guys. So let's bring in uh, another cool dude right now and uh, talk some NASCAR. Is Mr. Sean Engel ready to go? I am ready to go. I'm more than ready to go. And, uh, well, speaking of New York, funny enough, this week's race is in New York this week. That is correct. Upstate, uh, that is. Upstate. What's the deal? Remember uh, a couple of years ago, you know, there was talk about a NASCAR race in, in New York City, and I know there was uh, talk about uh, a Formula One race on the other side of the Hudson in New Jersey as well. Uh, I, I don't know what came to pass of that, but it's just, you know, NASCAR in New York City is just never going to happen. I know it was a dream a couple of years ago with some developers, but I just don't see it happening. Do you ever hear anything about this ever, Sean? I used to hear about talks and news stories about them discussing it, but nothing has ever uh, came to fruition as far as that has gone. But I do remember, though, uh, years ago, they used to actually have the Champions Week celebration right here in Manhattan, too. So, And I actually went to that about once or twice, and that was pretty cool to see because you got to see all the cars in the city and the drivers would hold yeah, meetups, yeah, yeah. too. Yeah, they should do that. You're right. They should do that. Remember, like, uh, college game day, college football did it, right? They they went to New York this past year. NASCAR should do it just to sort of break out of the, you know, the southern reputation that they have only and get into the biggest media market. You know where, where they do that now, actually, is in Vegas. Yeah, that is way, correct. Way, cool, Sean. Yeah, yeah, it's on. They shut the strip down, man. The guys are doing donuts and burning rubber, <laughs> like, you know, they're taking pictures with fans. You get close to the car and stuff. In my old days, Sean, in the old days, pretty cool. Like um, over at um, at the Sahara in Vegas, they had, now the Sahara's gone. It's now whatever. It's the SLS or whatever. But so the Sahara was, you know, old school casino, but it was kind of dumpy at the end. So they, they renovated it and it's all new branded and stuff. But they had a NASCAR bar in there. It was called their NASCAR Cafe. It was pretty cool. They had, like, Dale, Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s car right in the bar. <laughs> wow. And, uh, yeah, they had, like, a radio booth there and stuff. Like, you know, radio shows were done out of there. And uh, all kinds of cool NASCAR memorabilia. Vegas is great. That's Vegas is a big NASCAR uh, hub, Sean. Like, um, they push the betting on it, right? Like, a lot of people that travel for NASCAR, they, you know, they don't get to bet when they're going to Bristol, Tennessee and bet on a race or what have you. So, you know, NASCAR is sort of encouraged that when they're in Vegas. So, nevertheless... Um, Watkins Glen right now, road course. Uh, but we were talking about this race earlier in the program from a gambling perspective a little bit. And we highlighted, Sean, about how, you know, just because it's a road course doesn't mean guys that do well at Sonoma do well here or guys that do well here do well at Sonoma because they're two completely different road style tracks. Oh, yeah, that is totally and completely correct because when you think about it, uh, they've actually explained this on the broadcast before about how drivers feel in comparison between the two racetracks. 
And generally, they think of Sonoma as more the rhythm and more skill-based track, especially because the banking in the corners is usually a lot more complex than it is at Watkins Glen, which is definitely has more in the way of straightaways and speed. So with that in mind, it, it kind of becomes a little bit closer towards what you would normally see every week as far as the speed charts are concerned. But, but we still have to think about that whole skill-based aspect of getting around each corner at Watkins Glen, too, because, again, it's not ju just left turns. There's left and right turns this week. Uh, so 16 of the 21 races have been won by the big three, and uh, the big three are going to be in contention uh, once again this week. But the guy that catches my eye the most, I think the, the, you know, the hottest road course racer between these guys is Martin Truex uh, right now. Um, you know, he, um, of course he won, he won Sonoma. Um, he, he won the last uh, race here. So, uh, you know, and I was talking about this earlier too, that is his crew chief is, uh, Cole Pern and Cole Pern is Canadian, but, um, the Canadian NASCAR, they have a, they have a, a CASCAR it's called, but it's like the NASCAR circuit Canadian, like, you know, junior, whatever. And it's mostly road courses. And, the, the, the Cole Pern sort of basically learned his craft on road courses more so than anything else. So Truex and company are talking about how they, it's you know, a little advantage that they actually have. And, man, he really just has been the best uh, road course racer. I mean, Harvick's right there, but Truex is the one who's been getting the wins here. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. And, in fact, you even look back towards the last three road course events. Truex has won the last two, and he's led laps in each of the last three road course events. This is counting both Sonoma and Watkins Glen. So he, his team has finally figured out the whole road course issue. And instead of just finishing, yeah, maybe competing for a top ten finish, nowadays he's just competing for wins and being right up there with, with the best of them. So I'll just throw my guys at you, and I want to see you know obviously the starting final positions um, to you know to make my final calls. You know we were talking earlier about that between uh, with like Buescher and um, and McDowell. All right, it's hard to to, to you're, you're splitting hairs when you when you're talking about these two guys, but I guess it'll come down to starting position. But the drivers that I have circled here, Sean, and you get your opinion on them, and then you, you tell me some guys I left off the list that you like. But I'm circling Martin Truex Jr., Daniel Suarez. Um, you know, Daniel Suarez finished third at the Glen last year, runner-up at uh, Pocono. There's a lot to like about uh, Suarez. And also what I like about Suarez, I was talking about Cole Pern being Canadian in the road course, but Suarez is Mexican, and same thing. Uh, Mexican drivers basically grew up driving on road courses. So he's just, it's in his blood. He's a natural road course racer. Um, similar situation, A.J. Allmendinger, and I was talking about A.J. Allmendinger's not good at, um, he's not good at Sonoma, but he's won here before at uh, Watkins Glen. He's got an average finish of nine, so I've got him circled here as well. I like Alex Bowman uh, as sort of a sleeper from a DFS uh, perspective, and um, I got Michael McDowell, but as I stated, between Buescher and McDowell, I'll sort of pick my, uh, pick my poison as far as starting position, but what do you think of the drivers I have circled? So 
it's pretty interesting with the drivers you have circled so far. You got some good picks there. I'll definitely give you that much. But there's also some other points to elaborate on them, too. I mean, we did talk about Truex, and he is very good. And then I do want to bring up A.J. Allmendinger as well, just because he is known for his road course experience. And the thing about him and Sonoma is, it, even though he doesn't finish well at Sonoma, he always usually runs well at the track, but has some sort of bad luck. He's known for his road course experience, and he usually has good setups for these road courses. But Watkins Glen, he generally does a bit better because he usually is able to seal the deal more so. And in fact, it is the site of his only win in the Cup Series, so I do like A.J. Allmendinger a lot. Did you know that he actually finished 13th or better in all but one of his starts at Watkins Glen? Impressive. Impressive. Well, I would, I would expect nothing less. I didn't know that exact stat, but I, I, would, I knew, like I said, I know that at Sonoma, you know, I don't touch him at Sonoma, but at the Glen, it's basically his puncher's chance to get into the playoffs, right? I mean, that's how he did it in 2014. So, you know, this is why, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm aware that he was better at the Glen, but I didn't know it was 13 races in a row, no. Well, yeah, it's 13th or better in all but one of his starts at the track. He's, yeah. he's raced yeah. there about like nine times. Nine times, all right. So who else do you like? So uh, other drivers that... Uh, if we're talking about between the bargain drivers like below 7,000 on DraftKings, McDowell is definitely one of my favorite picks just because he is a road course ringer. He has a lot of road course based experience, and he finished 12th last year at the Glen with Levine Family Racing. And as you may know, they're not one of the top tier teams in NASCAR. Now he's with Front Row Motorsports, and you could say that that's actually better equipment as far as going forth and do, doing well on a variety of racetracks is concerned. So, and 6100 on DraftKings is a very friendly price for somebody that will likely produce a lot of results. Now, another driver I do want to consider, too, if you thought about Suarez, especially because Suarez is definitely someone to consider, you got to think of Eric Jones as well at 6,700 because he did actually place 10th in the Glen last year. And he's with Joe Gibbs Racing Equipment now. And as you may know, they've had a lot of success at the Glen before. All right, let's talk about uh, some other some of the let's talk about some of the other there's other guys besides just the big 3. I talked about Truex. You've got Harvick uh, there as well. Um but some of the other let, we got obviously we got to bring up um Denny Hamlin I think as well. Denny let's what's Denny Hamlin price? I'm just trying to open up a new He uh, is 10,300. Yeah, 103. So all right, so it's not a surprise that he's he's the fourth guy. Boyer is a very very good road course uh, racer as well. Um, and then after that, you know, so what do you think of, of Hamlin and Boyer? And if you're putting a lineup together, who are you looking at? And then we'll talk about a couple of these other mid-tier guys. So between Hamlin and Boyer, the driver I like more right now is Boyer. He's definitely been the, uh, very good as far as road course races are concerned. And he has four finishes of six or better in the last six Watkins Glen races. And that's not even mentioning in the fact that between both Sonoma and Watkins Glen, he's placed in the top five in his last three road course starts. So 
he's going to be pretty darn good. And especially in that Stuart Haas equipment, who they've been on the top of their game this season, I'm definitely liking Boyer a lot this week. Now, Denny Hamlin, he's pretty interesting because he's been good in recent road course events. But I I do want to point out about his price on DraftKings. Now, something about his DraftKings price is $10,300. But that's also the same price he has as far as the FanDuel NASCAR game is concerned. And on FanDuel, well, his price is definitely more friendly there in comparison to DraftKings, where DraftKings, he is really expensive. So, yeah. with that in mind, I do like Hamlin for FanDuel this week, but on DraftKings, I'm a little bit cautious about him. Seems to be the, often the case where there's uh, the, the players are a little cheaper on, on FanDuel. Baseball, it's often like that. Um, a guy we didn't talk about either, $8,900 on DraftKings, is Brad Keselowski. And Keselowski's never won here before, but he's come freaking close a bunch of times. And Keselowski's just a great driver. He's a good road course uh, driver. Uh, he's got, what, uh, three runner-up finishes uh, here. So he's got a nice track record here. $8,900 uh, seems pretty affordable for Keselowski. Oh, yeah, and I especially mean that for DraftKings because Keselowski is another example of the differences of pricing between DraftKings and FanDuel this week. Uh, Keselowski has five top 10 finishes and eight starts at Watkins Glen. And since 2015, he has the third best driver rating, laps led, the most laps led, the second best average running position, and the second most laps in the top 15. So he's got pretty good statistics here. And that explains why his FanDuel price is 11000 And that is actually pretty expensive and not really friendly as like it is on DraftKings. So for Kozlowski, I love him for DraftKings, but I'm a little bit iffy on using him for FanDuel just because of how expensive he is. All right, we've only got a couple of minutes uh, as we're in conversation with Sean Engel. You can read all his NASCAR uh, coverage over at DailyRoto.com on the NASCAR page. So um, give us a couple of other guys that uh, we didn't talk about uh, that you want to share with the masses, uh, Sean. So far, as far as other drivers are concerned, we're at that point where there's a lot of guys that we have to kind of wait and see how they do in practices and qualifying because that's really going to matter with a lot of drivers such as, like, say, Chase Elliott or Ryan Blaney, who've had mixed histories at this track, or even Kyle Larson, who did pretty good in his first start at Watkins Glen with a fourth-place finish, but all of his other starts have been outside of the top ten, so... It's a lot of wait-and-see sort of stuff, but one other driver that I would like to point out as somebody I like this week is Kurt Busch. He has top 10 finishes in the last three races this season, and pretty amazingly, he actually finished 12th or better in the last 11 road course events between both Watkins Glen and Sonoma. Pretty impressive statistic, I might add. And when you think about the equipment with Stuart Haas racing, again, I think he's definitely at least a pretty good shot for a top 10 finish this week. Sean Engel. Great stuff, as uh, always, uh, Sean. I appreciate it. Always fun talking uh, NASCAR with you. I'm a big fan of uh, the road course uh, races. And uh, just remind people where people can find uh, all your coverage, uh, the NASCAR coverage and breakdowns. Well, for those looking for more NASCAR coverage, you should definitely keep your eye on tomorrow with Daily Roto because me and my dad, we're going to be covering the race in even more detail on the Father and Son Fancy NASCAR Hour. We've officially bought the show back, and well, 
where it's going to be pretty fun as we're going to cover a lot of cup action and we're even going to get into some Xfinity stuff too. So look forward to it. Great stuff. What time's that at? Uh, that is going to be a podcast-only show, so it'll be up sometime on Saturday. Saturday afternoon or so. Good stuff. Check for the, the upload of the podcast. All right, uh, Sean, good luck with the show. Uh, we'll be listening. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. Yeah, no problem. It's good to be back here again, and uh, good luck with your NASCAR lineups this weekend, Gabe. There's uh, Sean Engel uh, with us. You got the king and the prince. There's uh, there's Sean Engel, the prince, uh, with us. All right, um, so uh, we got to take care of a little business and, and uh, hook you guys up. Remember, we're giving away more World Series tickets right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. This time, it's to the winner of three DFS Baseball Contest, sponsored by DKMS, looking for your help in the fight against blood cancer. Find out how you can help the cause and win 2018 World Series tickets playing free daily fantasy baseball. All you got to do is go to dailyroto.com slash DKMS. It's dailyroto.com slash DKMS. Your ticket to the World Series and someone's ticket to life. Do it. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Show just uh, flying by here. We appreciate all the kind words on on Twitter, uh, but uh, nothing's going to change. And uh, for all of you uh, wondering, and a couple of people have asked, yes, Red Heat and Rage Radio will continue. Uh, Cam uh, Cam will be uh, in Toronto, uh, but um, the radio Red Heat and Rage Radio will continue. I'll be doing uh, some more stuff. Uh, I'll be joining the boys in the morning. Uh, with uh, with Carton and friends, and um, you know we'll have a lot of stuff coming up with college football and NFL football. So we're gonna tear it up, man. 2018, baby, let's do this thing. Uh, so that's gonna be a great time. But don't worry, Red Heat and Rage Radio continues, and um, you know we'll get Cam to come down and hang out with us uh, for a little while, once in a while as well. <laughs> come come down for a little while, once in a while as well. All right. Let me just tweet out right now. Giving best bets right now. I got all these jerks out there. All these jerks out here. They tweet me all day. Who are you taking? Who are you taking? It's like, well, Twitter doesn't pay me to post picks, but I do get paid to do this show and uh, and give my picks. So tune into the show, baby. Uh, giving best bets now on Fantasy Sports Radio. Tweet. Yes. All right, so we've talked a lot, and oftentimes, you know, we rattle off the picks too lately in the show, and I actually got quite a few picks uh, that I like today. No, no, we've got um, we've got that Montreal Alouette. We've got the CFL football game. 
as I stated, everyone's excited about Johnny Manziel, but if you notice, the betting market is not. All right, like the odds makers really, really don't seem to be impressed with the fact that Johnny Manziel is is the quarterback here. Like if, if in fact, the number actually went up. Like if Johnny Manziel wasn't the quarterback, I don't know. I think the point spread would probably be the exact same damn thing, to be honest. <laughs> like it really would be. It would probably be like maybe it'd be eight. Like, you know, I'm not really sure because you know it was six, six and a half earlier in the week. And even with the announcement of Manziel, it went up to seven, and it's been holding strong at seven. So there really hasn't been a, you know, the, the public is going crazy, the media is going crazy, but the betting the betting market hasn't. The betting market hasn't yet. I'm surprised too. I really thought, legitimately thought that the total would climb and go up. I thought the total would climb, and I thought that uh, I thought that. The betting public, the casual player, would start to pull the trigger on on the Montreal Alouettes, and I think we're starting to see that right now. Yes, sir. As um, yeah, it just went down to six and a half, which actually pisses me off. Actually, no, it's good. I already played it. Good, 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 good. I already played it. And I was talking about the stupid teaser before. I actually played a plus seven. <laughs> I actually played a plus seven, too. I didn't even tease it. I got carried away earlier. I, I put more on the over, but I got the plus seven. I want to tease this game, too, but I'm running out of money, to be honest. Tonight's one of these nights, too. I'm looking at all this stuff. I'm like, man, I want to bet on that, too, and I want to bet on this. I want to bet on that. But uh, let's let's get some wins home here, guys, all right? So, yeah, we got on the Alouettes at plus seven. I like the over 50 and a half more, though. Just a little, it's more comforting. I like that Alouette teaser. I like that Alouette teaser to the over. Now you'd be getting plus 13 and a half, over 43 and a half. Now we talked, I'm glad that Steve Merrill brought it up, and he was talking about the um, the basketball tournament that it's called. So basically the basketball tournament, it's, um, I heard about this. Big Man on Campus brought this stuff up last week to me because he was saying that uh, he wanted to put a team together. He asked me, you want to go in and put a team together? We were going to try to like hire a bunch of ringers. And I told him, man, you got to pay these guys real money to do this thing. <laughs> like, like, you know, you got to sponsor the team and, uh, and all that, right? So basically, you know, it's like it's an open invitational, man. You got to put $5,000 in or 10, 10K, whatever the hell it is. Whatever, I think it's 10, 10K, the entry fee. And, uh, you know, it's an open-ended basketball tournament. But it's basically former NBA players, former college players that didn't play in the NBA you know, guys that play in the China, the Chinese league, it's pretty cool. And, you know, they're playing for $2, $2 million. So as we talked about earlier, each player on the winning team gets $147,000. It's not bad money. This ain't Phil and Tiger Woods either. These guys need the money and want the money. So I'm glad that Steve brought that, that game up. And then we sort of discovered and stumbled upon the fact that this overseas elite team is a dominant team. You know, they've, they've, they've won this tournament three straight years running. They've won $5 million in cash prizes. And this dude, Kyle Fogg, who I think he was an Arizona Wildcat, Kyle Fogg has been killing it. Like, he's like the star of this tournament every year. And he's averaging 38 points a game in the tournament this year. They just smoked the, uh, the Marquette team by 25 points. We're laying five and a half points in this game. All right, so we're going to lay five and a half points here 
uh, and they're, so they're called the Overseas Elite. Overseas Elite. So overseas, you know, like the dudes play in the Chinese leagues and uh, in the European leagues, etc. So uh, Overseas Elite minus five and a half. That's what uh, we're gonna we're gonna pull the trigger on. I'm gonna update my pick here. I gotta. I'll take this stupid Alouettes plus seven. And I'm not saying the Alouettes are stupid, but I'm saying I'm stupid. Bust out my Alouette jersey again tonight. Yeah, come on, man. How many radio shows in the world are giving you picks uh, for uh, for this basketball tournament, man? Overseas elite. Minus five and a half. I'm going to take a look at that. So, yeah, the CFL game, we're going to go to Montreal Alouettes plus seven. Montreal Alouettes over seven-point teaser. Alouettes, um, uh, Ticats over 50 and a half. And I actually think that uh, the, the total is the best bet of the bunch. I actually think the total is the best bet uh, of this bunch, to be honest. You know, like last week, the Alouettes looked good early against Edmonton with Vernon Adams, but the wheels just fell off, man, and Edmonton just freaking picked them apart. Like, the Alouettes' defense has problems. The Alouettes' secondary is very shaky. They have injuries in the secondary. I don't know, man. Maybe the new guys can, were better, can be better than the last guys they had because the last guys weren't that good. But yeah, I'm a little bit concerned about this. You know, I prefer the teaser. It's funny, too, because I was like, man, it's kind of dangerous just to take the seven. And then I look like a stupid idiot. I'm like, I already took the seven. <laughs> I already took the seven. So, listen, I, I just posted the picks on my Patreon page, too. It's up to you guys, right? You don't have to take all three of the options. But I do think that the over aspect of this actually is the best bet uh, part of it. Uh, so we're going to go with the Overseas Elite in that basketball tournament. That game's at 9 o'clock. 9 o'clock Eastern, the Overseas Elite. Major League Baseball. Let's get into a little Major League Baseball talk right now before we're done here. Scout Radio coming up at 7. Uh, the Boston Red Sox and New York Yankees get it going again. And, I, you know, I don't really understand this number. I, I, I really don't. I mean, what, what am I missing here? About uh, What am I missing? Excuse me. Severino has been a uh, guy's flammable. He's a gas can right now. Severino's given up more home runs in his past four starts uh, than he has in his previous uh, 18 starts. He's given up seven home runs in his last four starts. His last four starts, he's been unable to get out of the uh, the fifth inning. The New York Yankees, and I've been talking about this for a couple of weeks now, guys. The New York Yankees have problems right now. All right? They've, they've had problems. They have bad luck, number one. I mean, what's this, you know, foot and mouth disease stuff? And, you know, they, they've got, um, you know, you know, Sonny Gray stuff. And, and Aaron Judge gets hurt. And Sanchez is hurt. I don't know, man. It's just sort of starting to, to catch up to the Yankees a bit right now. And uh, Boston are just smoking red hot, man. What are they, 17-4 and four now, whatever? 18-4 and four in their last 22 games? And I, I, don't, I don't understand why the Boston Red Sox are underdogs in this game. I mean, Severino's going to turn a corner at some point, but you're getting the Boston Red Sox at Fenway as an underdog. 
Like, why against a fading New York Yankee team? And, you know, so similar situation here with the other New York team. I don't I don't mean to uh, to pick on the New York teams here tonight, but better to be smart than dead, right? Um, similar situation here with the Braves. Now, the Braves, you know, I'm telling you guys, I've been around a while, and now is the time of the year. It it just, it's almost like Cinderella, you know, like the, the story of Cinderella. At midnight, the party's over. <laughs> Isn't that a deal? I don't know, man. I didn't see any of these stupid fairy tale things when I was a kid. I don't know any of these stories. But I know I know the glass slipper and the party and blah, 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 blah. So a lot of baseball teams, basically midnight is September, okay? But what I'm saying is it's basically like 11 o'clock now in Cinderella. Like August 1st, I'm telling you, man, August 1st is when it gets real. Like, you know, the Pittsburgh Pirates just traded good players. They bring in Chris Archer. It's August 3rd right now. It's a massive game for the Pittsburgh Pirates tonight with Chris Archer pitching. It's a massive game. You know, like, oh, man, we, we're trying to make it. We just brought Archer in. Archer better win tonight. It's like suddenly everyone at, at bat, like the stakes raise, man. Like the baseball season feels like it's forever. It's six months. You know, we're, 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 we're not in horse racing terms. We're not down the stretch, but we're coming around the turn. It's the final turn right now. These games go by fast. You know, I'm telling you, like the managers, the players, everybody's going to start to do the old scoreboard watching earlier in the year. You ask a player what the standing is and they got no clue and they really don't. They don't care. They don't care. You know, it's sort of like us in a super contest. I, I don't really look at the stats. We handle our own business. But, like, Major League Baseball players, they're not looking at the standings in May. Even in June, they'll sort of start to peak. They're, they'll be aware of where they are, kind of. But it's not like a nightly basis. Like, if you ask a typical baseball player, you know, what, what's the standings in your division? They'll tell you, I don't know, man, we're four or six or something games ahead of the other team. You know, or whatever. They'll have a ballpark. But now... Now it's August. The games start to get real, man. You know, you lose four, five, six games in a row, you're done. Like the Washington Nationals right now get it. The Nationals right now have gone into, you know, this is it mode. We need to win every every series now. You know, you don't need to win every game. You know, there's still, there's still a lot of baseball left to be played, but it's like gambling, man. You know, you lose six, seven bets in a row, you're going to be out of money, you know, or your will is going to be broken yeah. You know your willpower and your 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 compass, your more your, your your morale is broken. Got some big baseball games this weekend, man. Big big baseball games this weekend. You know the Dodgers and the Astros World Series rematch, and you know what's crazy about this too? There's just so many dynamics to this baseball game, in that of course it's a World Series rematch. But going back to last year, the Los Angeles Dodgers at the trade deadline. Remember they got you, Darvish. And they could have, they could have gotten Justin Verlander. They could have gotten Justin Verlander. They actually chose you, Darvish, over Justin Verlander. Like they they could have gotten him, but the thing was, Verlander wasn't pitching well all the time, and he started to pitch well. But the, even though the Dodgers have a ton of money, they didn't think that Verlander was worth the twenty to the thirty million dollars for this year and next year. They didn't want to be on the hook for $60 million for Verlander. 
they would, you know, that long term they they would have preferred to sign Darvish, and we saw what happened. Verlander beat Darvish, and without Verlander, the Astros don't win the World Series, and because <laughs> because of you Darvish sucking, the Dodgers end up uh, losing the World uh, Series. So a little bit of irony here. Now, now you got Justin Verlander and the Astros rolling into town with the Dodgers, man. Now, okay, so I was talking about the Red Sox. The Red Sox being um, uh, the Red Sox being underdogs. Very, very similar situation with the um, with the Mets here with the Grom. Like, yeah, Degrom's a great pitcher. No one's disputing that. They also never win when Degrom pitches. Like, the dude gets no run support. Like, the Braves are just a better baseball team. You know, you can't just, it can't just all, only solely be because of the pitcher. So, I got to take the uh, the Atlanta Braves and the Boston Red Sox as underdogs, man. That's where we're going uh, with this right now. You know, we're getting some good baseball teams as underdogs. So, our baseball picks uh, will be the Boston Red Sox plus 110. The uh, Atlanta Braves, plus 130. The uh, Washington Nationals and the uh, the Washington Nationals. Uh, we talked about this. Bryce Harper's on 11 for 27 run right now. Uh, Trey Turner's absolutely slaying it right now. The, um, the Nationals have been hot. I think they have an opportunity to sweep the Reds this weekend and, and get back in this. This is like, you know, we're talking about everything mattering now. This is it. Like the Nationals are running out of racetrack, man. And, you know, they need to to put together, like, a nine-game win streak type thing. I think they're capable of doing it. They get And so I'm going to parlay the Nationals uh, with the Cleveland Indians. Now, the Angels are in a free fall right now. It kind of sucks, man. You see how that uh, Mike Trout's career is just sort of getting wasted. They're in a free fall right now. And we always talk about the Indians being money burners, but the the first off, the Angels can't win on the road right now. And secondly, they never win. In, in Cleveland. Like, they've lost, like, 10 straight in Cleveland. They've literally lost, like, 20 and 23 there. They can't beat Cleveland in Cleveland. I think Cleveland are in a good spot here this evening. So I'm going to parlay uh, the Nats and the Indians. Give me the Los Angeles Dodgers in a World Series rematch. And uh, overseas elite. Overseas elite in the basketball uh, tournament. So to recap, we're going with the Montreal Alouettes plus seven. Uh, Montreal Alouette and uh, over seven-point teaser. Uh, Montreal Alouettes and the Hamilton Tiger Cats over 50 and a half will be our best bet. Major League Baseball, give me the Boston Red Sox plus 110. Atlanta Braves plus 130. Philadelphia Phillies minus 175. Philadelphia Phillies minus uh, 175. Um, Nationals and Indians parlay plus 113. We're getting out of plus money. Uh, Dodgers minus 110. And of course, overseas elite. Minus five and a half. Man, we didn't even get to our baseball uh, DFS lineup, but that's all right. We've given you quite a bit to uh, to chew on. Don't forget, if you want to bet and you're laying it down, go over to mybookie.ag. Forget about DFS and all the late lineup scratches and experts winning 90% of the money, investing the players you want without salary caps. Mybookie.ag. Promo code FNTSY. Get a 50% sign-up bonus. Scout Radio next. Later. Does your fantasy team suck? Maybe you need us. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The only free 24-7 fantasy sports radio network. 